Before we start this week's podcast, we'd like to encourage our listeners to consider donating to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. It's a nonprofit organization that fights for racial justice. Through litigation, advocacy, and public education, they seek structural changes to expand democracy, eliminate disparities, and achieve racial justice in a society that fulfills the promise of equality for all Americans. Visit www.naacpldf.org to donate to an incredibly important cause. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Good evening, everyone. Your host, Dustin Lunt, with you. Across from me on the monitor is my co-host, Jake Trowbridge. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing splendid. How are you doing today? I'm I'm much better now. Uh, As you know, and I will let our guests know, I was in a quasi-work-related meeting uh for almost an hour and a half prior to recording hence why we're recording a little bit later than normal this week uh something i couldn't miss so i'm doing much better now that i can enjoy a brewski talk some fantasy football uh and get on with my evening man sometimes those real life responsibilities just they really get you right in the balls they do just it's unnecessary and you know tuesday Tuesday is like my sacred time where you know, this is my my responsibility is is getting out all this quality content out to our our listeners here. Uh, so I was a little disappointed that I had to push that off a little bit. But I'm here. I'm trucking on. Life is better now. And can I safely assume that you have a beverage in hand? I sure do. Ding, ding, ding. In my nice DTFF mug. I didn't chill my mug, uh, and then I forgot to grab it. It's in the in in the sink and i just feel like a real dickhead now but what are you drinking out of your mug (laughs) i am drinking the founders all day ipa founders is out of michigan somewhere i looked ahead of time grand rapids uh it's 4.7 percent nice easy drinker yeah i know you're not big into the ipas no but like that it's like a what do you call that a session yeah it's called a session ale uh which just means it's light alcohol but still has a lot of hops in it Fair. So on the scale of uh, one to 10 in terms of hops, how how happy do you consider that beer? Um, Probably like a five or a six. Like it's kind of middle of the road. It's not like super, super hoppy. You can definitely okay. taste it, but it is definitely one of those beers that you can sit and drink all day long. Hence the name, All Day IPA. <laughs> do you think that's why they called it that? Do you think there's an outside chance? I think it's just a the wildest coincidence ever yeah you're right that was even stupid of me to bring up it was <laughs> what are you drinking jake i am drinking uh from three sheeps brewing which is in sheboygan wisconsin coincidentally one of the most fun names to say uh from wisconsin city not the most fun but it's up there probably in my top three just behind uh Oconomowoc. and uh uh, I, think a, I think this might be number two. Is it Milwaukee? <laughs> it is not Milwaukee. Uh, I think Sheboygan is number two then, just on the fact that I couldn't come up with anything else off the tip of my head. But this right. is their Fresh Coast Juicy Pale Ale. Um, 
I like juicy pale ales because I don't like a ton of hops, which is why I, I asked you about the, the perceived mm-hmm. hop content on mm-hmm. yours. Because I think that one has less than this guy. And this guy I'm kind of disappointed in because it's supposed to be juicy and not a goddamn thing juicy about this. But it's oh. fine. It's okay. That's disappointing. Yeah, it's not what I thought the label would suggest. That's all. But it's slightly misleading, but yeah, that's okay. So, Jake, I want to ask you a question here before we get into our episode, which, by the way, folks, is best and worst trades of this season. Jake and I are going to go through some of the best and worst trades that we made this season. Uh, We had some of you out there ahead of time submit some trades that you did this season. We'll go through, rate those, kind of give our opinions on what we were thinking at the time for our trades and kind of how we feel like they ended up coming out for us. So before we do that, though, we had playoff football this week, a full slate of games each day, three games. It it was a marathon. I'm not going to lie. It was a marathon, and I loved every single second of it. Uh, There was... Some good games and some duds. I'm not going to lie. But it was playoff football. It was exciting nonetheless. I'm excited, obviously, for this coming weekend with our our Packers playing. What did you think of the playoff football this weekend? Uh, I mean, I love any time that we get a full day's worth of football, and then we got it back-to-back days. So I will not bat an eye at that. that. Whatever the quality of those games was, I was just happy to have them on all damn day but if you're gonna make me talk about the quality i think overall it was very good but Mm -hmm. i think at least one of the games proved that maybe the super part of super wild card weekend isn't maybe necessary and that the playoff expansion eh, maybe maybe not it was nice to see the colts in there because they they look like a team that deserved to be in the playoffs Mm -hmm. that wouldn't have been otherwise but the bears on the other hand took a, a real shellacking at the hands of the Saints. And so it's like, well, if that's what we're going to get out of more playoff games. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, did we really think anything different was going to happen with that game? Honestly, I mean, let... <laughs> it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. This is very true. But, oh, God, yeah, that game was just snooze fest all the way. But you know what game I loved? I don't know if you stayed up for this one because it's the late guy on a Sunday which I know is your kryptonite because you are the earliest of risers for your your work. Mm-hmm. But the Browns and Steelers, did you catch any of the Browns and Steelers? I didn't. I um I got caught up, you know, doing some adulting before the game started. And by the time I caught the game, it was 21 nothing already, <laughs> which I know didn't take long in the game to get that far. Like, it wasn't like it was that far into the game. And then I looked away for like five seconds looked at my phone again and then it was 28 nothing and i was like oh there's no reason to watch this anymore <laughs> it just kept going now i will say it actually turned into something of a game towards I the saw very that. end yeah i saw Amazing. when i woke up in the morning you know i check out the score and i was like oh this actually got a little bit interesting it looks like <laughs> <laughs> i mean interesting in the way of like if you're rooting against the steelers which i actively was because i just i love an underdog story well, Not necessarily you, anything personal against the Steelers, well, but I love you, the underdog. You got to root for the Browns, man. The factory of sadness. I mean, it's just nice that they they finally got that playoff win that they've been so looking for for so many years. You just got to yeah. be happy for that fan base right now. How can you not root I, for them? I was very excited. I felt like I was a temporary Browns fan in the moment there. And I started to get really nervous once the Steelers started <laughs> fighting back. And I was like, well, God damn it. There goes the chance at this beautiful Cinderella story. <laughs> And they held on, though. So, uh, I mean, they'll take a shellacking probably next week against 
Chiefs. But who knows at this point? That's right. Anything could happen. It, it could all be magic at this point. You never know. Well, let's move on. We don't, we don't have a lot here before we get into uh, our, our our episode here, main part of our episode. Uh, no drunk trade of the week this week, folks. Sorry. We're going to hold back on this just because we're talking trades the whole time. No need to have a drunk trade in there. There's a good chance something we talk about probably was a drunk trade. So we'll, we'll oh, be right in line with it. By default. But yeah. we do have a bet that we made last week that we do have to talk about. This sure do. was the grossest of gross bets made. So, Jake, I don't ever want to hear come out of your mouth again. That was a gross bet uh, because this one topped my gross bet. I just I have to say it. Yeah, I can't disagree. <laughs> I knew it was gross as I was in the process of making it. And it was kind of one of those I really wanted to make a bet just just to make it. Of and course. I hadn't really thought it out that much. <laughs> Of but course. That's what you get. That's, that's what right. I get for putting this out there. So if you want to recap what it is while I pour myself my penance. Yes. So this was who scores more PPR points? Is it either Dawson Knox with the Bills or Mo Alley Cox with the Colts? So Dawson Knox, I took. Jake, you had Mo Alley. Dawson Knox ended up as the tight end seven on the week. Two receptions, five yards, and a touchdown for eight and a half points. Not a very high standard to hit. No. Jake Moelle Cox finished as tight end 10 with four receptions for 32 yards, scoring a total of 7.2 points. So needless to say, I won this handedly. <laughs> handedly by ass. You know what I was thinking the entire time? You should have you should have taken Jack Doyle because he had like 23 points on the week or something. I should have <laughs> taken the entire Colts tight end raw and I should have went just tight ends versus tight ends, Buffalo versus Indy. Now I don't know, you might have went ahead and taken Indy based on the collective there. Uh but boy, it was it was real disappointing to see Jack get all of the catches. <laughs> it was for you. So, um, Jake, with no further ado, I believe you have something to say. Yes, I will not adieu any longer. I am drinking as my penance the Deep Eddy lemon-flavored vodka from Austin, Texas, because I'm going to treat myself after this garbage loss of a bet. So, Dustin, you are a brilliant fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Drank that out of my mustache shot glass if you can see that we could see that pretty that classy nice. I, I thought it well, classy enough for you that is classy i like it well jake thank you for uh admitting defeat once again uh this is quite a few weeks in a row here uh you've, you've had a defeat going on so not a good stretch no it's really not <laughs> we'll see if i can break it by the end of this episode we'll see here's hoping here's hoping <laughs> Anything else, Jake, here uh, before we get into our best and worst trades? You know, I'm just going to throw this out one more time to our listeners. As the fantasy football season has been over, the playoffs are still going, which means there are still games available on Monkey Knife Fight, sponsor of DTFF. And if you want to get involved in that action, it's very simple. The games are simple. The prizes are wonderful. And you just go to monkeyknifefight.com. You can get up to $50 matched in your initial deposit if you use the promo code DTFF. So check it out. I played this weekend. I played two different uh, games. 
One was a, a six out of six. You have to pick the correct stat line over or under for all six players. I got close on that one. It would have been a huge payout. I didn't quite get there. But I did win my other one, Dustin. Nice. Did you play any this weekend? I forget. I did not, unfortunately. Every every game I was like, ooh, I got to remember get one in for the next game. And then just didn't because I was lazy. This week. You, this week. You'll do it this week and you'll love it. Absolutely. But yes, definitely check them out. There's still obviously football bets to be made. They do other sports other than football as well, just because the NFL season's coming to an end. They have all sports, basketball, soccer. They've got hockey in there. Hockey. Yeah, they've got it all. So go check them out. They are an awesome sponsor, and we love that they sponsor us. All right. On to our best and worst trades of the season. Can I say before we dive right into these? Oh. What I liked about this, because in doing the research, of course, you get to live through the best and worst moments of your season, essentially. And with the benefit of hindsight, that can either be a great thing mm-hmm. or it can be a terrible thing to just catch yourself and be like, what in the fuck was I thinking? But I think what's so nice and important about what we're doing here, yes, it's just fun to look at in general and talk shit about probably, <laughs> but also it is, I think, a good way to adjust your methods going mm-hmm. forward. Like, because I went back a year further than oh. what we, we did for the show, and they were much, much worse. Let me just say that up front. That if we were going through the 2019 season, holy fuck, I would be <laughs> uh, hating this entire thing. So I think as you review these, it's easy to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I like doing this episode. Well, it's always good to refine your process, look at what you hit on, what you missed, what you could have done better. Granted, hide and sight is always 2020, but that is how you learn. Uh, and I Especially was, this year. Yes. And I was looking through all the trades that you have on here, Jake, and there is a couple that I think you just fucking smashed. There are some well, really you. good ones. I was, I was impressed with some of them. So um, all of my trades come from one league i didn't make a lot of trades and i remember uh telling you about this i don't remember if it was kind of middle of the season off air you know we're chatting or maybe it was one of the sunday football days we're hanging out uh i had a hard time making some trades this season i don't know why i just couldn't pull the trigger on making a lot of trades uh, i was in one new startup so i think maybe that was part of it is that i wanted to see how my team actually did before making any trades uh but I you wanted to ride with your draft. Yeah. Okay. And, and to be fair with this league, there wasn't a whole lot of trades anyway. So it's not like I was just one of an inactive owner. Uh, it just as a league as a whole, I think everyone was just kind of holding to see what they had. But um, I, I, I made a handful. I wasn't in a ton of leagues this year. Going to remedy that and add a couple more into my repertoire this offseason. Ooh. Yes. I hope one of them has something to do with this show, Winky. Winky Blinky. Wink. possibly Uh, um, but yeah so when we're talking my teams here and we'll kind of trade off here but my my team or my my team one team it's a one quarterback league ppr no tight end premium anything like that so little context there what about you jake uh well this mine come from a couple of different leagues with a, a pretty diverse array of uh, of league rules and okay. formats. So some of these, I will say, none of these are a one quarterback league. They're all super flex. Okay. Uh, and tight end premium. Now, some do, some of these trades will have built in running back incentives. And I'll talk about that as we go through the trades. Um, but aside from that, super flex, PPR, tight end premium dynasty is where they, they hang. All right. 
So do you want to start or do you want me to start? Well, I'm actually, you know what? I will, I will kick this off okay. because I'm very curious. It's my most recent trade. And so I want to know if this is one of those that you scouted ahead of time and whether you're impressed with or whether you're lukewarm on this. Because I also, to talk about the hindsight factor here, I posted this trade on a league, uh, excuse me, on a Twitter poll right after I made it. Because mm-hmm. I like to get the feel. What do people do? Oh, do I do the same like? thing, too. Yeah. So I, I basically, I want people to tell me that I'm smart. <laughs> and so I posted this trade. They did not tell me I was smart on this trade. But in hindsight, I really like it. So this is a Superflex, tight end premium, again. PPR. This is one where you get a quarter point per carry for running backs as well. So a little extra incentive to load up on running backs with a workload. Mm -hmm. So I received A.J. Dillon, Homer pick, I know, Henry Ruggs, and Cole Komet. So opposite of Homer pick there. Mm -hmm. So I got uh, basically one of the positions checked off there. I gave up Daryl Henderson and Travis Fulgham. Now for context, this was the first week of November. Travis Fulgham was looking like the real deal. He yeah, was this was in at that, multiple. Yeah, this was that like five week stretch where he was like the wide receiver five or something like that. It was ridiculous. Exactly. At, now at this point in the season, though, this was I think six weeks in, and my team. This is an orphan team that I took over last year. It was not going to be a contender. It was very clear I was not going to contend this year. So. Any asset that was only going to be what I would say a this year asset, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get rid of. So same thought press with Daryl Henderson, who was really good, especially mm-hmm. at the start of the year. And personally, I still think he has a role next year in the offense, just not as prominent as what he did this year. And Travis Fulgham, as we know, just disappeared 100%. I mean, the week after I made this trade, he disappeared <laughs> off of that team. Um, Just a little pat on the back there. But... The the reward was none of these guys at the time had had done anything. Um, they were all rookies, of course. And so part of the methodology we always talk about on here, Dustin, is that we typically don't put so much weight onto rookies. Like, I think mm-hmm. we're both maybe closer to the on rookie draft day selling your picks than mm-hmm. making picks with them. And this is how you can sometimes get around that. If you do that, now you can go back a little bit later, just a little bit, six weeks, and then scoop these guys up at uh, what I think was pretty cheap. What are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I I saw this one. And I love this trade for you. Uh, as you summed up so nicely, Travis Fulgham has done nothing. Not to say that he can't do something in the future, but uh, you definitely got rid of him at the right time where you're able to get a lot of young, good assets. Same with Daryl Henderson. Like you said, he's going to have a role, but... Cam Akers is going to be the guy there. He's going to be the definitely 1A of, of the backfield as we've seen him do the second half of the season. And Cole Komet, I love him. Uh, he really started to flash at the end of the season here and really get involved with that offense. So that is a great pick. Ruggs, not really sure what happened there, why he, he wasn't more involved than he was. And then A.J. Dillon, that's just insurance in case, you know, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams both leave. He will be the guy in the backfield. So uh, he could have a very big role next season, which would be great. And he has gotten more work as the season has gone on. We saw him a couple weeks ago be fairly involved in the game. Uh, Was that with Chicago, I believe, Uh, where he actually caught a few passes and looked like he had some good hands, Uh, was actually out there quite a bit running the ball. So 
And the big blow up game against Tennessee, yes. where yep, he got yep. plenty of run because Aaron Jones was out for the duration of that game. So yep. that was a little sample of what could happen next mm-hmm. year. There's a lot that could happen still between now and then, and maybe my my players don't look quite so good. I think that that's unlikely, especially with Komet. I think mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham is gone off of that team. He was the kind of blockade preventing him from yep. from being great and early in the season. And obviously with tight ends, the rookie year, you don't really expect much out of them anyhow. Exactly. Yeah, so I really like that for you moving forward, especially since you did take over an orphan and you're just trying to retool the team and get some more uh, high upside assets on your team. So I like that. Woo. All right. Hit us with one of yours here, Dustin. All right. So I only have four of them on here. Like I said, I didn't make a lot of trades, so I'll just go through them chronologically here for you guys. So this first one I made in mid mid late April. So I gave up my team. I gave up the 112 in the 2020 draft. I was the league champion. Pat myself on the back here. Uh, I gave hold up the, for applause. Hold yeah. for applause. I gave up. So I gave up the one twelve, the two eleven, and the three oh eight for DJ Chark. And I had a plethora of picks in this. I had like three thirds, three fourths, like two seconds. Like I, I had uh, just a crap ton of picks. So um, throwing in that third, I felt was like kind of like let's just get this deal done and get you know the icing on the cake, so to speak. Now this one's interesting. So obviously this was this was pre rookie draft yep. here. So you had all these picks lined up, and and it's good that you couched this in the fact that you had other picks mm-hmm. available too. That this this wasn't it. Yeah, and we actually did not have our rookie draft until uh, early August because we had a couple orphan teams and we were trying to get owners for. So we held off on our rookie draft until really late in the off season. Now here's what I'm curious about because. At this time in April, I would have been really, really happy about this trade. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, I wouldn't be unhappy about it now. I'm just curious how your opinion of DJ Chark has turned uh, now. I mean, obviously, the quarterback situation was real tough this year. Mm-hmm. So next year, they're going to be in the lottery for one of the top two quarterbacks. So do you think that writes his ship? If they take Trevor Lawrence, yes. I, I think he will be. Uh, just fine. He was dealing with some injuries this season, so he missed some time. And then you have know, the garbage quarterbacks; they were shuffling out there every other week, uh, just switching it up all season. Couldn't really get any chemistry with anyone. It was kind of a lost season. But going into the season, I thought this was great. Obviously, you have a young stud wide receiver that broke out the year before, and to get him for a late first and a late second, essentially. Uh, I thought was a Third pretty good house. deal. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good deal. I'm I'm hopeful that he rebounds for this next season. Um, mm-hmm. I happen to have a lot of young wide receiver depth on this team, so depending on what the Jags do here with the draft, assuming if they get Trevor Lawrence, that might be a piece where I try to trade him on the hype of that and maybe get a running back Ooh. in return kind of looking forward to this off season. Uh, Cause I do have uh, a, a ton of, a ton of wide receiver depth. Now, what I like about this, and I'm just, this is just another opportunity for me to admit that I'm wrong about things is you traded for a young wide receiver who has proven himself to be very talented and not necessarily quarterback dependent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he obviously his value and his production took a hit with Mike Glennon getting rolled out there a little bit. But you always bet on talent over current situation with wide receiver no matter what. So even if this trade was to go down today, I still wouldn't hate it. 
for you. I really wouldn't mm-hmm. because he's super young. And yes, even quarterback aside, always bet on talent. So I, I like it. Yep. Me too. All right, Jake, go next. You're up. <laughs> we got we got a back and forth thing going on here. Okay, today. I want to. Yeah, I want to go in the opposite direction here. I, <laughs> I, I don't want to spend this whole time bragging about my good trades. Yes, I made a handful of, of pretty respectable trades, I think. Again, if this was 2019, we'd be having a much different story. So I did improve my overall trading abilities, I think, uh, from last year. But <laughs> I still didn't, I didn't take all of the lessons that I learned from 2019 and apply them this year. Because I made the following trade. This was, uh, again, a super flex tight end premium league. Um, This was no extra points for running back carries, though. And I went ahead and gave up Jamison Crowder, Robbie Anderson, and a couple of fourths. Doesn't look like a lot. Doesn't sound like a lot right now. But my return on investment for this was Sony Michelle and Royce Freeman. This trade was made in early April, so around the time of the trade we just talked about for you. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, man, Tony Michelle, yeah, I know it's frustrating for New England running backs and all that, but he's going to get enough work. He'll be good, and I'll have a respectable uh, depth piece at running back because I really didn't have much to work with at running back, and I needed something. And I was overflowing with wide receivers. And Royce Freeman, I thought, uh, yeah, he'll be a good handcuff. And I don't remember what the situation with Melvin Gordon was at this exact time, if he had officially been signed or not. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hope no, (laughs) because (laughs) it makes this look a lot better for my thought process. But it just looks so fucking disgusting, especially, you know how quick I probably was to get rid of Robbie Anderson because of all the wrongs that he's caused. I know you just you got out a year too early. Ugh, I really did. It stinks. I I have to imagine that that especially stings for you. Man, that league I went, I went, I got fourth, which is uh, <laughs> whatever. That's the, it's honestly one of the worst spots because it's just outside of winning money. Exactly. Uh, and then it fucks up your draft picks for yep. the next year. So, yeah. The worst possible situation. Yeah. That stings. Mm-hmm. But, stings nostrils. What are you going to do? What yeah, are you, you going to do? You, you know what have- I've already done is, uh, uh, nothing because I can't trade <laughs> Sony Michelle and Royce Freeman. And the good part of a trade like this hopefully would be, well, three months later, I ended up trading off these horrible assets and it worked out fine. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Quite frankly, I held on to both of them too long. Um, and now I just have to keep holding and hope that we get some good news. Sony Michelle, at least for next year, James White will be gone. Rex Burkhell will be gone. Damien Harris will still be there. And I think he's the guy, mm-hmm. but you got to hold in this situation and hope for some good news. Yeah, Sony should have a role in that offense. He's not going to go away completely. Bill Belichick loves to use multiple running backs, so he will have a role. What exactly that's going to look like remains to be seen, but yeah, you should be okay. Be able to get some usable weeks out of him at a minimum and hope he has like a blow-up week, and then you can sell high for him and just get him off your roster. Goddamn right. I think selling high for me at this point would be like a good third-round pick. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> get whatever you can. See if you get a ham sandwich thrown in there, too, and just call it good. Absolutely. All right. Wash this taste out of my mouth. Get get a new trade on your side here. Well, this this is not a good trade either. Uh, not oh, all God, trades yeah. are are great. So this one was late July, same, same league. Uh, I gave up Daniel Jones 
Uh, he was on my taxi squad. I drafted him in the fourth round last year. So I figured any trade I could make at this point was just pure profit. And I had what I thought at the time was three usable, solid quarterbacks in a one QB league. I thought I had three solid that I could just, you know, play the matchups and I'd be fine. I had Carson Wentz this year. I had Jimmy G this year. And I had Derek Carr, who I ended up playing most weeks because I I had to because the other two sucked and were injured. So, (laughs) um so that's where that that was where I was going into the season. Daniel Jones was just like an extra piece. Like I said, fourth round. How can he pass up someone that's going to be a starting quarterback in the league in the fourth round? Absolutely. One so, QB or not, yeah. you got to take that opportunity. Exactly. So I gave up Daniel Jones and in return, I got Damian Williams and the 309 in the draft cuz remember we hadn't drafted yet. This was about one week before Damian Williams opted out for the season for COVID. Uh so that was a real kick in the shorts. Hope you got somebody good with that 309. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can look it up here quickly. Oh, please uh, do, because that's the only thing that's going to salvage this. Now, from a long-term perspective, too, look, I don't care that you gave up Daniel Jones for the long term either, because it's still a one-quarterback league. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, you did the right thing, is that you got this guy basically for free. And then you went ahead and traded for what would have been a solid piece, hypothetically, if, you know, CEH wasn't uh, there and then Damien Williamson opt out. But that 309, did you do anything worthwhile with but it? I, I figured even with CEH being there, Damian Williams would have a role in that offense in a very high up powered offense where he could be a good flex play uh, on a week that I needed him for um, what's the word I'm looking for? Bye weeks. That's it. Uh, he'd be a go. good bye week fill in, maybe a flex play. But with the 309, I took LaMichael P. Ryan. Look, next year, somebody has to start for the Jets, and it's probably not going to be Frank Gore. <laughs> so The only thing I'm if- really disappointed is two picks later mm-hmm. um, went Justin Herbert. So I, I, I probably should have tried to swing for, for another quarterback, but... That's okay. You you already <laughs> felt like you had too many quarterbacks yeah. in a one QB league. Yeah, exactly. That's all and right. And you were just trading one away. So that's right. It, it happens. It does. Shit. It does. <laughs> so right, that, I'm going to get us back into what I think is. I think this is good territory. All right. I, I, I want to get us back on a high note here, and it's very relevant based on this last week. So this is another one where, at the time of this trade, I posted. Uh, a Twitter poll. Not only that, I texted you right before I clicked accept on this trade or right before I sent the offer. I forget who sent it and who, whatever. But I was like, what do you think about this? Because I was desperate in this two quarterback or in the super flex league. I had no quarterback options. And I mean, no quarterback options. My top QB was one of the Washington quarterbacks. I had three of them at that time. And Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who, by the way, was great for a few weeks, as he always is. Always. In every single year. But, like, I, that's how dire this was. So this was uh, this was not preseason, by the way. This was September 17th. So the season had gone underway, mm-hmm. and I was dealing with this, this quarterback <laughs> issue. Naeem Hines had just had a blow-up game. If you remember, mm-hmm. he fucking went off. And all of the Jonathan T- uh, Taylor truthers got super butt-clenched. Because nobody, nobody expected Nine mm-hmm. Hines to be 
showcase that much talent and that much production. In a week. Oh, I remember I had both uh, the Colts running backs on my Scott Fishbowl team. And yeah, Jonathan Taylor was starting and to see those, it was something ridiculous, like 35 points on my bench. So yeah, I remember that very vividly. <laughs> it was terrifying, but that was my moment of I'm going to, I need to trade high immediately on mm-hmm. Naeem Hines and take advantage of this, this value boost from that one game. And even though Hines had a pretty decent role throughout the season, mm-hmm. still frustrating week to week, I think, for people if you're going to rely on him. Yes. Um, but I was happy to get out from underneath of him. So I traded Naeem Hines, and this is also TE Premium League, and Noah Fant, which hurt because I do love Noah Fant. I don't think he got proper shrift in that offense this year, and I think that change is going forward. I think he's going to be a much better option. But I also had Johnny Smith, who we both love this year at tight end premium. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to start one. And I thought, John, who's the man forever here? Like for the next five years, he's the next Delaney Walker. Because yeah, my I'm co-host set. said so. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Dustin said so. So I'm going to roll <laughs> with John Smith. And I traded for the, at the time, crestfallen Baker Mayfield, whose production was a poopy. Mm-hmm. That offense looked gross uh, in general. But he was a starting quarterback who was not in danger of losing his job. Some other guys out there who look bad could have lost their job. It wasn't going to happen with Baker, and that's what I felt confident in. So it was just Hines and Noah Fant for Baker Mayfield. Those were the value dips at that time, and I fucking love this trade so much now. Mm -hmm. So much now. Not only did Baker go off the fucking chain as soon as Odell was out for this season, but now he looks like he's the confident kind of quarterback where I just picked up a guy who I'm going to be able to start for the next five years if I choose to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it worked out well for you here in the end, especially in a super flex league. Uh, I know with the tight ends and tight end premium, I expect Noah Fant to bounce back a little bit. But if if you don't have one of the top three tight ends, does it really matter at that point? I mean, tight end four through 15 – there's not much difference on a week-to-week basis. By the end of the season, they're all going to be pretty scrunched together as we see every single year. I know I love his talent. I think he, he he will be much more involved next year. Hopefully they get their quarterback situation here figured out. Uh, but, yeah, Baker really looked good at the end of the season. Uh, my question for you is, do you think th- that they try to get rid of OBJ? Because that offense just really looked – 100% different once OBJ went out this year. So do you think that yep. they try to move him or release him or something this offseason to just keep what they've got going on there? Or do you think they bring him back and try to make some keep the magic going? But, oh, we have another weapon. Boy, it's so tough because without looking super in-depth at his uh, situation with right. Odell, which obviously can invalidate a lot of these opinions that mm-hmm. I'm about to spew. <laughs> but I think I think it would not be unreasonable for them to move on from Odell at this point. Um, because they've it's not that they don't have on the shelf for wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So they do have guys there who I think that they can rely on. Donovan Peoples Jones, I think, is a pretty decent option for mm-hmm. them moving forward. He's not Odell. No. He's never going to be Odell. But between him and even Higgins, Higgins has looked pretty good. good. Yeah, Landry is I'm, just solid every week. Landry looks amazing. Honestly, when he's been healthy for these games this year without Jarvis, he's looked so fucking good. Mm-hmm. He is not slant boy Michael Thomas. He is 
from a pure talent perspective, like he just looks so good that mm-hmm. if they asked him to carry the wide receiving core again, like he did last year, I think it would be fine. Yeah. Or excuse me, the year before. Right. I think it'd be fine. So I don't hope that they do, but it's just like maybe this has been enough for them to show or to show Baker, hey, buddy, you don't have to keep funneling it to that one guy. Look at all the good things that happens when you spread the ball around. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I, I, but, I, I hope for the Browns' sake and for Baker's sake they don't keep Odell because I don't think they need him. I think he's too much of a diva and demands the ball, whether or not he shows it on the actual field. I think there's probably a lot of in the locker room behind closed doors, like you need to throw me the ball. I need to be more involved. And I think Baker forces it too much. So it was nice to see Baker actually playing and not having to worry about that and just throwing it wherever and just running the offense, how the offense is supposed to be run, frankly. So that was nice to see. I I hope that's what they do uh, because yeah, Baker looked just dynamite down the stretch here. Dynamite. Mm-hmm. All right. What dynamite trade do we have on tap from you here? All right. So my next trade I made was end of October. So we're about, what, seven weeks into the season at this point. I think I was one in seven at this point. My my, my championship team from last year really shit the bed this year. <laughs> I, I, I ran into a, a buzzsaw of injuries and underperforming players, unfortunately. So uh, I decided to start moving some pieces that I didn't have faith in moving forward or for whatever reason didn't want on my team. Try to retool just a little bit, get a little bit younger. Uh, So I traded away Michael Thomas, who was injured pretty much all season long, which I traded for the offseason before and helped me win that championship last year so Uh, worth it yes totally worth it so i i wanted to get rid of michael thomas and i got hammered by twitter on this trade (laughs) just hammered for this uh i got in return Cortland sutton and dallas goddard uh can i just say i love this one trade i didn't mention is i wanted to get rid of julio in it inevitably because if you don't do it now you're never going to be able to Mm -hmm. and i i traded for sutton and a piece Mm -hmm. because Sutton was on IR, so he wasn't top of mind for people. Exactly. And his value was suppressed because of that, which is silly because we've seen what he does when he's out in the field. And mm-hmm. I fucking love him as a top 15 wide receiver. He's that good to me. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Michael Thomas, we've seen this year, he's not impervious to diva tendencies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's scary sometimes. Like mm-hmm. If they keep it on the low side, no big deal. But his was not really on the on the low side this year, and it scares me. Well, he the missed, volume he missed yeah. so much time, and I was wondered if that was a team decision as kind of a punishment for some of that on the field in practice fights, things like that. That they were saying, "No, you're not ready to come back yet," or was he truly injured that much? I don't know. I'm not gonna you know project one way or the other here. I'm just just kind of a thought I had is like. It, it seemed like he missed a lot of time for what didn't appear to be a very serious injury uh, when it happens. Yeah. Maybe it was more serious and the team was just playing, you know, downplaying the whole thing. But yeah, there was a little bit too much diva stuff going on this season. And yeah. I just wanted to get out from under it, get a little bit younger. Like I said, perfect point. Cortland Sutton, not on people's top of mind with him being on IR pretty much the entire season. And then Dallas Goddard, 
I wanted a tight end that I could just plug and play every single week here moving forward. And in, in, in a non-tight end premium, uh, that's all you can really ask for. So, uh, yeah. And I suppressed like value, talk about that for Goddard too, because obviously this year he just wasn't out there <laughs> in general. Mm-hmm. And now with Zach Ertz potentially playing his last game mm-hmm. for the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, Goddard's going to have plenty of value going forward. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like this trade a lot in hindsight. I could see if somebody wanted to buy the dip on Michael Thomas in this situation on the other side of it and say, well, he'll come back and he'll get value next year. But again, it's going to be without Breeze. That's I was just the talking other about betting on talent for wide receiver. He is a very talented wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. But is he is he so talented that he's going to demand all those targets like Breeze hyper-targeted mm-hmm. him? Probably and we, not. And we just don't know because he was out when Taysom Hill and Jameis were both playing. Uh, he was out that entire time. So we just don't know what's going to happen there. And yeah, I just didn't trust it. So I wanted to get out from underneath them. Uh, maybe I probably could have gotten a little bit more on top, but this guy uh-huh. was, that's what she said. This guy, <laughs> this guy was definitely contending. Uh, he, he was, he was, he was a contender. So I think at the time he was like, Oh, Michael Thomas will be back, you know, in the next week or two. And I'll have him for the championship run here at the end of the season. So uh didn't necessarily work out for him either. Uh, so I like it. We'll see, you know, obviously next season will be the telltale here if it actually works out or not. But as it stands right now, I still really like that trade. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I'm going to hit you with one more high note here. Okay. And then my next one is going to be a low note, but I All want right. you to brace yourself. I want to keep the good vibes rolling for one more uh, before I get to that low point. And this one I'm still so smitten with. This was an early I was going to say, is it this one here? I'll highlight it. (laughs) You did just highlight the one that I was thinking of here. Yeah, I saw this one and I was just like, oh, man, you fucking nailed this one, man. This is my God. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for saying it. So I didn't have to say it that way because I was I mean, I can't stand up from this table right now. Just thinking about this trade. It's it's that good Um, in the the other league where I (laughs) I had Sony Michelle. Yes, there was two leagues where I thought it was a good idea to have Sony Michelle. This is the same one where it was an orphan team that I was working to rebuild here. In a bad, bad trade from 2019, I acquired Sony Michelle. But early in the offseason, in March, I traded Sony Michelle and Melvin Gordon. Now, this was right before Melvin Gordon actually signed the Broncos. So it was all about where is he going to go? What's the landing spot going to be? And people were salivating over, does he go to the Falcons? And then does he make all of our dreams come true? Like there was so much projection about where he was going to be. So him and Sony, and this is before anybody worried about Damian Harris. um, So they needed running backs desperately. I was, and and again, this is a quarter point per carry league. So people love volume backs. They just fucking love them. No matter how good they actually are. said, all right, you can have those two. And I got Robert Woods, who was one of my drinking buddies this year. And honestly, I'll I'll stop you right yeah. there. If it was yeah. those two for just Robert Woods, I wouldn't have hated the trade. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Like <laughs> so. Now, with that said, Robert Woods did not work out exactly as I hoped for this no. year. Of course, he was not a top 12 guy like I hoped and thought that he would be. He was still a respectable wide receiver. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. But he was not the top tier guy that I thought. But along with Robert Woods, I also got Deontay Johnson, <laughs> who I'm a big fan of. And... That year's 206 in the rookie draft. 
which I promptly turned around and traded away. I, I did not use it. But um, that is actually part of the uh, trade where I was able to get Noah Fant to make this whole thing full circle. Uh, I used that rookie pick to do that. So I think it was a lot of good value mm-hmm. out of uh, some bullshit workhorse, pseudo workhorse running back. No, that I saw when I saw that, I was like, oh, that you just killed that one because Bobby Woods, he's going to be good for a while yet. Let's be honest. And Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson, oh, you got to like what you saw this year out of him. And to have him on your team right now, oof, I love it. Love it. And Juju should be gone. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, I, I doubt that the Steelers resign Juju. I think he moves on. I think that opens up basically all of the opportunities for Deontay Johnson and mm-hmm. Chase Claypool. Unless they go ahead and take a wide receiver in the third round again, which is their uh, historical it's their tendency. MO. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the last trade I have on here that I made this season, uh, this was this was in mid-November. Again, my team was hot garbage. I think I was probably like one in ten or something at this point. Uh, I gave up Kareem Hunt, and I and I held on to Kareem Hunt for quite a long time, uh, all through the suspension, all when he you know he wasn't getting any carries, wasn't really playing. Uh, and again, last year, once he came back from suspension, lit it up. Uh, helped helped ride me to the championship, which was great. People still wanted to just lowball me on him all all during the off season, uh, but finally, again, same guy I made the the trade with the last one for Michael Thomas, the guy that was going for for the contending here. I traded with him again, and so I gave up Kareem Hunt, and in return, I got Debo Samuel and a twenty twenty one second. Which, I love Debo Samuel. Which, which, if if my I'm reading the draft order correct, or what I think the draft order is going to be, it's going to be uh, around the 207. Okay, nice mid second pick yeah. there. Plenty of value to be had in this. What everybody's saying is a super deep class. Yes. So again, whether you use the pick or trade it away. Uh, now, here's what I will say. I think that the fair value, even now. For a lot of people, would be just Kareem Hunt for the two hundred seven. Mm-hmm. I truly believe believe that. I think Kareem Hunt is is worth more than that. That's why I think that this trade is more even than maybe the average person might. Because Kareem Hunt with or without Nick Chubb, he has so much value still. Yeah, his value is heightened without Chubb, but he is no fucking dud just because he's sharing the backfield. Mm-hmm. And, and but I, and it's I not... also think people underrate Debo. Yeah. So a couple things. Um... One, I, I didn't want to get rid of Kareem Hunt because I didn't think he had a role in this offense. I think he's going to put up points next year. He's going to be a very viable running back. I was trying not to score points because I was trying to get the first overall pick in the draft. Um, so I was trading away points now for points in the future. Excuse me. Which is uh, great, by the way. That's that's some mega forward thinking shit that I don't think I'm not trying to give you too much of a reach around here, but it, it does do. seem being called out. <laughs> because when you're thinking about that's such a fucking mind blowing statement, I think, to the average dynasty, especially if you're new to dynasty, mm-hmm. just this whole you knew you were out of it. So not only do you say, Well, I can't use this guy to win me a championship, but I you're not tanking. No. But you are trading away the most valuable assets so that they're not racking up points That's for right. you. That's right, because I'm not going to be that dickhead that sits cream hunt on my bench because I don't want points to be scored. I'm going to set my best lineup every week, even though technically in this league there is no like tanking rule in our bylaws, but 
come on, I don't play that way. I, I'm going to play the best way I can, set an optimum lineup every week or, or what I think is the optimum lineup. I'm not going to sit obvious starters. So I wanted to get him off my team, scoring those points, get a nice young wide receiver, although I do have a little bit of hesitation with Debo uh, just with his injury history. Hopefully he comes back. Um, he, I know he had uh, injury history in college as well, so there is a little bit of concern there, but he is someone that I was very high on this previous offseason going into this year. Obviously, injuries derailed that whole thing. I think he is the number one option, wide receiver, I should say, in that offense. Uh, as much as Brandon Ayuk showed out on this team, and I really like Ayuk, I think if Debo is back and he's healthy, he is going to be the number one wide receiving option. So I still like this trade for me. And mm-hmm. like I said, it gives me a nice young wide receiving core moving forward here. I agree. And so that Debo thing, I it's just crazy with the recency bias because I floated this out on Twitter like two months ago after Ayuk had a, one of his first blow-up games. I was like, so, okay, who is it then? Is it Debo or is it Ayuk? And, like, it was so overwhelming, Ayuk, mm-hmm. because he just had a game. Debo was nowhere to be found. wasn't playing. He's injured. And immediately it turns around like that when just six months earlier, people could not shut the fuck up about mm-hmm. Debo Samuel and how he was the truth. And all of a sudden, the guy gets injured and he's nothing now. Yep, yeah. Right. Fantasy Twitter is a fickle mistress. It is. I feel like this should be a PSA, basically. This entire episode is don't believe whatever the instant reaction is on your trade on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I mean, I put out polls for all these, and I think I got hammered on pretty much all of them. Uh, But I still like them, except for the Damien Williams one. Uh, I don't like that one. But nobody can like that. Yeah. (laughs) But I still like it, and that's all that matters in the end. That's true. So, I, look, am I going to stop putting out these Twitter polls? Probably not. No, of <laughs> course not. I'm addicted to them, but it you have to take them with a very large grain of salt. Uh, this one you don't have to take with quite as large of a grain of salt. This one is as bad as it looked probably then. It's as bad as it looks now. Uh, in my 10-team Superflex League. Yes, I'm in a fucking 10-team league. Shut That's up. That's okay. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, that, that wasn't directed to you so much, Justin, as the numerous people who give me shit for being deigning to be in a 10-team league. This is with a bunch of other uh, delightful analysts. Some of them we've had on this very show. Well, John Bauer. Hi, buddy. How are you? <laughs> um, so it's a 10-team Superflex League. My quarterback situation that I talked about earlier from a different league became just as bad in this league because Dak Prescott got hurt. He was my dude. Um, he's really all I had outside of uh, kind of bit roles for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Now, I went ahead and immediately picked up Andy Dalton, spent all of my fab dollars on that Andy Dalton, which I was so happy to bench most weeks because he was worse than my my number five receiver that I would put in there often. Um, and I needed another quarterback. It was wild shit um, about midway through the season. I was very much competing. I made it to the championship game in this league, by the way. Nice. No thanks to the guy that I traded for, which was Cam <laughs> Newton. I traded for Cam probably after his best game of the of the year, quite frankly, where he actually showed some arm promise. One of the only games that he threw for more than 200 yards. And I gave up Miles Gaskin, which at the time he was on 
fire for Miami. And he had a few more fire games for them before he got injured at this point. And then I gave away two second round picks. Now, both of those second round picks in a 10 team league take on greater importance Mm -hmm. because everything gets moved up two spots. So when I say second round pick, understand that one of them is very likely, which is the 2021 second, is very likely an end of first round pick for for this coming year. So Cam is probably done. (laughs) Um, I don't know where he could land. That's not a backup territory at this point. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. He he still has legs, and that's great, but his arm just looked woof. So even as a competitor, and I was I very much knew I was in the hunt for this thing, it was still very short-sighted, I think. I don't know. And Gaskin may not be anything next year for the Dolphins. They could very easily revamp that backfield, too. They I could, think he has but... a better shot of getting traction than Cam does, though. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I... It'll be interesting to see what the Dolphins do, but yeah, Gaskin should be the guy. I think he showed out enough to be the guy, and they ha- still have a lot of other holes on that that team. Uh, they could spend maybe like a fourth or fifth round pick, kind of a mid-round pick on, on another running back. Uh, you can always use more depth, but I don't think they're going to spend a high pick uh, like a second, a first, you know, they got multiple firsts, uh, whether it's a first or second. I don't think they'll be doing that. But um, I'm sure he'll have some competition, but he should have that backfield moving forward. He did look great, didn't he? I had him in Scott Fishbowl, and as soon as he went down, it, it got so tough because my <laughs> other running backs, he was carrying me so hard in the running back room. And I will say, the Dolphins, there's been some titters about them trading for Deshaun Watson, which would basically wipe out a lot of their early round picks. Uh, and so that could save him. So wholeheartedly I'm endorsing the opposite side of this trade, no matter how you spin it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, uh, a an example of a short-sighted trade to try and get the chip that didn't quite work out this year, ended up with second place instead, and that is not nearly as satisfying after making a, a garbage trade like this. No, it's not. But to be fair, I think a lot of us expected Cam to look a lot better than he did this year. I mean, immediately once he was signed, we're like, oh, top 12 quarterback without even considering. So... I think we were all missed on that one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, do you want to take this outside of the two of us for a second? We had some submissions that came in about other people's best and worst trades. Do you want to do some rapid fire with them? Sure. Let's let's do a couple here. Okay. Let's toss in a couple of these trades. I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, again, these are either the best trades that people submitted or the worst trades that people submitted. So with that said... Here is the first one. This comes from the Fantasy Moose, Doug, on Twitter. Hi, Doug. Hi, Doug. This was a 12-team super super flex league. One and a half PPR points for tight ends and 1.2 PPR points for running back, by the way. I wanted to call that out because I've never seen anything like that. (laughs) Wild. Uh, There's also some first down bonuses uh, and some points per carry. There's a lot going on (laughs) in this league setting. Mm -hmm. He made two trades. I want to evaluate, I want to evaluate them as the whole. So I'm going to cluster them together. Okay. It's a lot of names. So I apologize, Dustin. I'm going to copy and paste it under our show sheet so that you have quick access to it. Um, but for everybody else, just do your best to follow along. (laughs) Okay. So this is, this is going to be, uh, Todd Gurley, Michael Gallup, Dak Prescott, Allen Robinson, Michael Thomas, Drew Locke, 
Jarrett Stidham and a first. Do you have all of that, Dustin? That is so much. Here, I'm going to post it in this one. Here you go. Okay. That's highlight. Okay. Perfect. And he traded for all of those pieces. He traded for Stefan Diggs, Calvin Ridley, Pat Mahomes, DK Metcalf, and a mid-2021 second. Again, that's a lot of names. I'm sorry, but I needed to smush these together. Now, Dustin, you have the full lookout here. When I read that first group of names, did that not sound gross that he was giving up all of that quality? Yeah, I mean, there is a lot on there. So Gurley, Gallup, Dak, A-Rob, Thomas, Drew Locke, Stidham, a 2021 first. Diggs, but now Ridley. look at the return that he got. Diggs, really Mahomes, Metcalf, and a mid-second. Yeah, I will take that. I will take the Diggs, really Mahomes, Metcalf side uh, all day. <laughs> <laughs> Fully agreed. As I was going through this, trying to wrap my brain around this, uh, and of course, these were broken out into two individual trades, but it doesn't really matter. The, the end result is that this team got very, very good, and it got good enough for him to win the league this year. That's, that's I mean, the yeah. result that you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love that Doug says here, that said, I regret trading away MT for a bit, but I was going for it all and succeeded. So you got to love that. That's true. Now, if he doesn't succeed in this endeavor, if he goes home empty-handed or if he takes second as I did uh, in, my, in my league after attempting that, does it change your opinion a lot? Because for me, it doesn't really. Because no. I think he's fine next year. Oh, yeah, he's definitely fine. Absolutely. I mean, with those young pieces, I mean, that's a lot of young pieces on your team there. You're set for a number of years here. Barring injury, of course. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, well, here's, a, here's a bad one I'm going to throw out to counterbalance here. Okay. This one comes from at FFB underscore Victoria. This one did not work out for either side, she says. Late in the season, Zeke plus DJ Moore for Chase Edmonds plus Devontae Parker. This Oof. was right when Drake was supposedly injured. Zeke had been horrible. So Zeke stayed horrible. <laughs> Moore mm -hmm. uh, dealt with some issues. Uh, Drake actually stayed healthy, but Tua barely threw to Parker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, it's kind of gross, but I go mean, ahead. Yeah, it didn't work out well for this season, but I would probably go for the Zeke-DJ Moore side. Uh, Zeke, he should bounce back this next season, I would think. DJ Moore, he's still a nice young talent. We don't know what's going to happen with that offense as far as is Robbie Anderson still there? Curtis Samuel still going to be there? So I I actually would take that side rather than the Edmonds-Devante Parker side. Yeah, you know, she said it didn't really work out for either side, and I'm sure that's true, and I'm sure that bore out in the actual results of the league. Right. Like they didn't, you know, nobody won based off of this trade. But Zeke was not a nothing running back this year. I think that needs to be mentioned. Zeke oh, yeah. was still an RB1. Uh, he, he, yeah, just he was wasn't, a low-end RB1. I say he just wasn't what everyone expected for this season. No, but based off of this trade, purely based off of this trade, like and DJ Moore going forward is going to be great. Mm -hmm. we're, I, 
neither of us have an issue with DJ Moore, I don't think. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm 100% on your side of, of Zeke and DJ. Uh, now, I don't know what side she ended up getting in this. It wasn't specified. It was just interesting how she still looked at it like both sides lost. Maybe that's her trying to make herself feel better for getting Maybe. Her to Zeke and DJ more. Maybe. But I do love Devontae Parker, especially if uh, Deshaun Watson goes to Miami, by the way. We'll see. Just saying. <laughs> All right. Do you have time for what? Do I want to do one more quick one here that let's we can look through? Do, let's do one more. All right. And then we'll we'll wrap this thing up. Um, I just want to call attention to Daniel at EG forward who said in 2019. So this is not from this year and I wasn't going to call attention to it, but he hooked me with the rest of this <laughs> traded away. Odell Beckham. Speaking of him previously traded away Odell for a 2020 first round pick and quote other busted pieces that 2021 first turned out to be. Jonathan Taylor. Oof. I love that. Feels pretty good, doesn't it, Daniel? <laughs> oh. I mean, just, I mean, I, I would assume that that was probably made fairly early in the 2019 offseason. Uh, probably. I don't know. Uh, just, but, I mean, to, or to, they to, just to, wanted a piece that they thought could have them compete at the time, and they were really desperate for wide receiver. That could be. That could be. Uh, so the fact that he got that just trading away Odell and got other, you know, garbage pieces on top of it, which I'm sure they weren't all garbage, you know, might, might have been somewhat usable, some pieces. But regardless, sure. I freaking love that. That is a great trade. I'm just always happy for a, a happy ending mm -hmm. like that. I love a, a good story. So I, I need who doesn't love out. a good happy ending? <laughs> hey, yo, you son of a bitch. Uh, that was fun. I liked going back and rehashing some mm -hmm. of these these trades. I think, again, you learn a little something about what you shouldn't shouldn't do out of these. And hopefully we can both repeat our best ones and not repeat our worst ones. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that will end us up for this week, folks. Uh, we have a string of very fun episodes coming up here, so be sure to tune in. We're going to be going back over some of our beer bets, season-long beer bets, bold predictions. Uh, we've got our victory laps. We've got our face plants coming up here in the next few weeks. So we've got a lot of fun ones. Uh, fun for us because we're going back and revisiting the things we got right and the things we got wrong this last season and how we can look at our processes to improve and help you guys win championships. So Jake, why don't you tell folks where they can find you can find me on the Twitter sphere at Jake Trowbridge. And you can find me at FF dusty dog, but you can find both of us at drinking fantasy. Feel free to slide into our DMS at any time. If you have any trade questions for us, want us to weigh in, send us your trade polls. If, if you make a trade or, or trying to evaluate a trade, tag us on it. We'll give you a retweet. Uh, anything we can do to help you guys improve. We're here for you. Enjoy some more great football this weekend. The playoffs are in full swing. Go Pack Go. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. <laughs>